Hey, what's up? Matt here. Thanks for tuning in to Dogpile, presented by Mississippi Land Bank. Mississippi Land Bank. Visit them online at mslandbank.com. Look, if you're in North Mississippi, you have any kind of land need, whether it's buying, selling, you need land, farmland, hunting land, recreational, building a dream home, anything land related, trust me on this, at Mississippi Land Bank, they have the kind of people that you want to do business with. Dogpile is also presented by Jubilation's Cheesecake in West Point, right on Highway 45. When you're traveling through, stop in and see George and Lou Ann and the folks there at Jubilation's. You can watch them make those cheesecakes and enjoy the coffee shop as well. Lunch, breakfast, all the sweets, including, obviously, cheesecake. Every season is Jubilation season. And we can't say thanks enough to High Point Roasters Coffee in New Albany for jumping in and pitching in and helping to send Brett to Omaha. High Point Roasters in New Albany. Look, uh, that's where I get all my coffee. Uh, you can ask my family. They hear that coffee grinder running every morning at about 4.30. I'm making fresh for the uh, for the press. Dan the Coffee Man, Dan Skinner, great folks, great Bulldogs there at High Point Roasters in New Albany. Trust me on this. If you're a coffee drinker, go to highpointroasters.com highpointroasters.com and order your coffee now. It's fresh, it's got the best flavor, it's a much higher quality than you're getting on grocery store shelves. You will not regret getting your coffee from High Point Roasters, Dan the Coffee Man, who always says, stay caffeinated, my friends. place to be in the world than right there on that dog pile. What's up everyone and welcome to another edition of Dogpile still going daily from Omaha, though technically today we're going twice a day um, since we're doing two from the Friday before the College World Series starts, one on Mississippi State and one grand preview on the other seven teams in this College World Series with Mississippi State. I'm Brad Hudson. We're going to get to the seven teams joining Mississippi State momentarily, but do want to let you know that in addition to Jubilation's Cheesecake and Mississippi Land Bank, our travel to Omaha was made possible by High Point Roasters Coffee in New Albany. They're the oldest coffee operation in the state of Mississippi. If you visit highpointroasters.com, you get free shipping on your order of three or more bags. Follow Dan the Coffee Man on Twitter at Dan the Coffee Man. And as Dan always says, stay caffeinated, my friends. You're here for our College World Series preview, where we mostly take a look at the other seven teams here in Omaha. Matt and I did a quick look at the three teams in State's Bracket in the episode earlier this week, and now we'll do a little more on all seven. We've got a separate podcast episode covering the Friday that was for Mississippi State, so while you're listening to this episode in your podcast platform of choice, go ahead and hit the subscribe button if you haven't already, or just scroll through the feed to find the Bulldogs coverage. But here we're going to get into every other team in the event with some sound bites from Chris Lamonis and about Chris Lamonis. So not entirely Mississippi State absent here. But before we do that, one thing they always do on Friday before the College World Series is a State of College Baseball press conference. And there are a couple of quick sound bites that I want to get to from that. First, the matter of the MLB draft being where it is on the calendar, where the college postseason is literally being played, like on the field as draft picks are being made. Here's Managing Director for Championships, Anthony Holman, on that subject. So I think uh, we continue to um, 
you know, grow our relationship with MLB last year. Last night's a great example of that. Uh, I think uh, from our side, uh, we're, we're from the national office side, we certainly are, are open to continuing that. Um, we haven't had specific discussions about the draft. I, I did hear the, the commissioner's comments, and I think um, you know we don't dictate where, where they have that. I think uh, if it uh, if it were this time of year, and I have expressed this both publicly and to the commissioner's office, we would love for the draft not to occur during the time of our regional. So if that looks like it's different, and that helps, you know, I think maybe there's there's a, an opportunity to that. But again. We've not had any in-depth discussions about what that might look like. And then there was an interesting question based in a statistic about one big leagues and conference tournaments. Uh, the question asker said it happened 13 times this year where the regular season winner of a one big bid league did not win its conference tournament and was thus not in the NCAA tournament. And it happened 17 times last year. The basic premise of that question is it's that it's generally tough to accept a four-day tournament holding more weight relative to the NCAA tournament than a 56-game regular season, and at least for half the teams in college baseball, right, since there's a lot of one-bid leagues out there. So you're going to hear three voices on this subject. First is Ray Tanner, South Carolina's AD and the Division I Baseball Committee Chair. Then Craig Keelitz, the Executive Director of the American Baseball Coaches Association. Before more from the NCAA's Anthony Holman. I would say to you in the selection room, the teams that won their regular season, the teams that won their conference tournament, the teams that finished second in their regular season, no matter what the conference is, we take a strong look at those teams from the first day in the selection room because we we want to try to get it right it doesn't matter what conference it is but it is about the, the caliber of program that you have and we try to look at, at all the metrics that are aligned with the strength of schedule non-conference strength of schedule and so forth so we don't leave anybody out i, I understand the statistic that you used but it's, it doesn't go unnoticed. They're, they're, they get consideration right out of the gate, no matter what the, what the conference is. I think the conferences, if I'm not mistaken, have an opportunity to go with the regular season champion if they choose to do so. I think that championship feeling at some of the conferences that, that probably don't have an excellent opportunity to continue to move on, love that, and the championship feeling that the student athletes get during that uh, one weekend or that week at the end of the year is probably pretty special as well. So it'd be a tough one to go against. We're seeing some conferences that are playing unbalanced, so you're not seeing everybody um, through the season. So I think that that plays into it as well. And now let's get to the teams, shall we? Let's take this in chronological order of the games and start with Texas Tech. Texas Tech's first game against Michigan is interesting because it's a rematch. They played a three-game series in late March, and Texas Tech swept it, winning those games 11-2, 10-3, and 8-5. The Red Raiders had double-digit hits in all three of their games in the Super Regional against Oklahoma State. Ten home runs in those six games, and six of those ten home runs came from two players. The shortstop, Josh Young, who was taken eighth overall in the MLB draft, and first baseman Cameron Warren. The starting pitching is good, as good as it's been all season. Micah Dallas and Bryce Bonin have taken two starts each in the NCAA tournament and have ERAs of 1.50 and 2.38, a couple of strong bullpen, bullpen pieces in there too. So all of that is super interesting. But what caught my attention was this anecdote from Josh Young, who attempted to explain why the Red Raiders have a bunch of gorilla dolls in their dugout. 
So that, that came about maybe halfway through the season. We were struggling for a while. You know, our strength coach has tons of gorillas and stuff like that. That's his thing. And I always just him and say he looks like a gorilla too because he's jacked. But uh, anyway, so he puts one in our dugout, uh, basically representing dominant friends. Having a dominant friend on the field, but out there having a dominant friend. And so that's just been kind of our little our rally monkey, so to speak. So he has the dugout. As we've gone on, we win or lose, we add them. So we have like three now in the dugout. <laughs> but it is pretty cool. Michigan already had an interesting arc to get to this point, having to win the Corvallis Regional and then knocking off the top-seeded UCLA Bruins to get here. But there's another wrinkle to these Wolverines. They've already played in this stadium five times. The Big Ten Tournament is here in Omaha, where Michigan lost Ohio State, then ripped off three straight wins, beating Illinois, Maryland, and Nebraska, before losing to the Cornhuskers to end their run. One could argue the biggest advantage gained there is the familiarity with the spacious outfield at TD Ameritrade. So Christian Bullock, Jesse Franklin, and Jordan Brewer from left to right have every reason to feel at home. Bullock and Brewer in particular have already felt comfortable at home, by the way, at the plate. Uh, Bullock is hitting 320 in the NCAA tournament, and Brewer is hitting 300. Bullock is slugging a wild 720 with three doubles, two triples, and a home run. Let's go to Michigan coach Eric Backich for more on his outfielders when they roam TD Ameritrade. Well, we played five games here just three weeks ago, and you know, it really depends on which way the wind's blowing. So uh, if it's blowing in, the outfield can really shallow up, especially it's, you know, depending on which direction. Uh, but it is a big park, and you know it's a, the the way the backdrop is with so many people and a huge stadium. So hitting the cutoff man is really important, and loud, convicted communication is really important. Uh, but yeah, fundamental defense is something that I think all of us preach. And uh, it's, you know, this time of year, pitching and defense and timely hitting are going to be huge storylines. Now we move to Arkansas, and I think listeners are pretty familiar with the Razorbacks, so I won't go through a full report. Basically, really good starting pitching recently and even better hitting. But a narrative was forming around these Razorbacks today. Of course, it goes back to their last appearance here when Arkansas lost the national championship series in such painful fashion, having been so close to that national title they so covet. Right fielder Heston Kerstat doesn't think turning the page is an issue. I feel like we would have turned the page just as well, whether it was the same nine guys from last year or it was all new nine guys. It's just it's the way it is. You got to close the yearbook year after year, and you know, go over the whole season, learn from your mistakes, and then take the positives and roll them into the next year and start a new page. Let's turn our attention to Florida State, the winner of the Athens Regional and the Baton Rouge Super Regional. Drew Mendoza and Tim Becker are two of the bats that explain this team getting to Omaha. Mendoza hitting 409 in the postseason and Becker hitting 353. But starting pitching is the real weapon here in recognizable names such as CJ Van Eck and Drew Parrish. Drew Parrish discussed his keys for pitching here in Omaha. Honestly, you know, I was kind of a freshman and, you know, things started speeding up on me, so I didn't really get a chance to kind of take it all in, but uh, I do remember, you know, it gets packed out here, it's a big stadium, a lot of uh, energy going up throughout the game, and, you know, there are going to be some top-notch talent on the other side, so it's going to be a fun game of pitching. Uh, you know, just kind of slow everything down because once it gets going, you know, it speeds up and uh, just try to take it all in because it's uh, the greatest show in dirt. 
And now we move on to the Sunday games and start with Vanderbilt. And this just baffles me. Julian Infante is slugging a thousand in the NCAA tournament. He's hitting 375, nine hits, and seven of them have gone for extra bases. Three doubles and four home runs, eight RBI in six games. But Vandy has five hitters over 300 in the NCAA tournament, and Steven Scott is one of them. He's leading the team in that regard at 381. But Scott knows that none of those NCAA tournament games came against SEC competition. And with Mississippi State and Auburn in the same bracket, he knows the challenge that lies ahead. Yeah, you know, we're, we're not really surprised. Uh, Auburn and Mississippi State are, are really good teams. So, you know, we, we're excited that they're here with us and, and looking forward to some great competition. You know, I know y'all only saw State the, uh, in Hoover. Did y'all get Auburn in the regular season? Uh, we did. We, did. Okay. we played them in the regular season and in Hoover. So, so how much have the scouting reports on those two units changed from now, from then to now? Uh, Auburn's definitely changed a lot. You know, they're, they, they're a confident bunch right now, and, and they were in the SEC tournament too so you know they, they've really changed a lot in that aspect and they're, they're hitting the ball really well and, and obviously they're pitching well too to make it to make it here so you know they're they're a team to be reckoned with right now and, and they're definitely paying attention to that Mississippi State's the same way you know they're they're pitching and hitting's been unbelievable you know with with uh, Ethan Small and, and Mangum leading the lineup so you know it it's you know it's a challenge and, and that's that's what we're looking forward to is you got to beat the best to be the best the Commodores will play Louisville in the early Sunday game, the game before Mississippi State's. It was fitting that Louisville coach Dan McDonald was sitting next to Chris Lamonis at today's press conference as those two were college teammates. They coached together and they've been lifelong friends. Uh, obviously, I've got you know, one of my best friends here to my left and, uh, and this guy to my right. Uh, we've coached against each other for many, many years. So uh, something we've always said, if we had to play each other, we'd much rather play each other in Omaha. Uh, that is just not fun uh, going against these guys in a regional or a super regional because you know the goal is to get to Omaha and, and you hate knocking off somebody that, that you're friends with or you respect so much and so uh, here we are uh, about to play each other. To be here a couple times as an assistant, the first time as a head coach, it's awesome to be here. You know, with your he said I was one of his best friends, so I say best friend. So he's a godparent of my kids and everything else. So we coach together and everything else. No, we have a lot of we have a huge Citadel group coming, and so you can imagine all our teammates and everything will be a part of it. It's just a, it's a neat thing. I, I felt the pressure because he was in the he was in Omaha. Um, before we ever played our super regional game. So I was sitting there thinking, man, I don't want to blow this. I'd love to be able to go out there and, and be uh, be there with one of my teammates. So it's, it's a neat thing. It's a, it's a good group. I'm sure we'll have a lot of Mississippi State fans in the city, and we're looking forward to them all getting here. If I just said best friend, I'd have had all the other pals in our group getting all over me. So I'd say one of my best friends. I'm just giving you a hard time. As for the Cardinals that are on the field as opposed to in the dugout, they're going to be pretty busy. As a team, they're hitting 320 in the NCAA tournament, and they draw almost four walks a game in that same time span. And they don't go dormant once they get on the base pass. They've stolen 106 bags this year. That 1.63 stolen bases per game is fourth among Power 5 teams in the nation. Vanderbilt coach Tim Corbin sees that as a bit of a brand for Louisville baseball. And now we get to Auburn, the STC's miracle team of its four representatives here in Omaha. We've got an interview with an Auburn beat writer in tomorrow's episode of Dogpile, so there is still more to come on the Tigers to really hone in on that Sunday 
Sunday night matchup. But here's something I found really interesting in a locker room chat with first baseman Rankin Woley. Let's quickly compare the regular season batting average and the NCAA tournament batting average of a few Tigers. Rankin Woley, 277 and 370. Ryan Bliss, 284 and 407. Edouard Julien, 278 and 364. Will Holland, 303 and 333. Rankin Woley has an explanation for it. Yeah, I mean, we had a, we had like a little team talk um, earlier, like kind of halfway through the year, just being like, hey, we know we're good hitters. I mean, we played the number one strength of schedule, playing the best pitching, you know, in the country in the SEC, and, and we just kind of sat there, and, and you know, the good players come to play in the postseason, and you know, I think we're we're getting hot at the right time. You know, pitching's doing well, especially hitting, hitting for sure. You know, we kind of definitely had those slumps earlier in the year, and you know, if you look at our numbers, you're like, wow, like, you know, they're not very good at all. And, but you know, our postseason numbers are definitely very high right now, and hopefully. We you know, keep them that way um, this last couple of weeks in Omaha and uh, hopefully come out of here with the title. Well, folks, uh, I hope you're more prepared to take in every game of the College World Series now. And I hope that uh, if nothing else, you've gotten some entertainment with some baseball talk in your life. This is, in fact, a Mississippi State baseball podcast, after all, so I'll leave you with a soundbite from Louisville coach Dan McDonald on Chris Limonis. Our next episode will focus on the matchup with Auburn, what happened in the first day of the College World Series, and how Mississippi State used its practice day. You'll hear from me soon, but you'll hear from Dan McDonald sooner. Just so proud of him um, because we played together, we, we coached together, we were in each other's weddings. Uh, it's family, you know, I mean, it's... Uh, his daughters and my sons, they act like family. Um, our wives are best friends. Um, so it's, it's really neat. And it's, you don't ever want to coach. I got to coach against him uh, when he was at Indiana. And that wasn't a lot of fun. Uh, but as I said, you know if you're going to have to cross paths, this is the place to do it. I think for Chris and I, uh, it's been a celebration of the Citadel. That's because where we came from. You know, a small military school in Charleston, South Carolina. You know, I often wonder how his players think. This guy went to a military school, um, <laughs> just with his personality and how jolly he is. But uh, as I've often said, man, it's a fierce competitor. So don't let the smile and, and the jokes fool you. When it comes time to compete, um, what I've always loved about him and, and probably the whole group I played with at the Citadel was, man, we were some competitive kids with a chip on our shoulder. So. Um, this is, a, this is a proud moment for, for not just the two of us, but for all those civil guys we played with, all those guys we coached, all the alumni, you know, of a really neat, neat institution. Again, we want to thank our sponsors who make Dogpile possible. Mississippi Land Bank. Y'all let them know at mslandbank.com and tell them Hale State. Jubilations Cheesecake in West Point. Jubilations.com. Every season is jubilation season. And High Point Roasters Coffee in New Albany. Trust me, get your coffee at High Point and check them out online. HighPointRoasters.com. We'll see you next time.